Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So if you got this recording from someone, you're not going to have any idea who I am because you probably aren't one of my normal listeners. If you're listening to this recording or you're on here live with me right now, you do know a little bit about my backstory and who I am. But I have made it my full-time job to help people out of the valley. And all that means is I want to help people get out of the depression, the fear, the stress, the worry, the guilt. I want to help people clear the air and see their life for what it really is. And I'm doing this because this is something that I had to personally do for myself. And when I got out of the valley, I saw so many people still chained down in these deep pits and nobody was coming to rescue them. And nobody knew that they were there and nobody knew how to get out. And when I escaped, I just realized that this is, this is seriously an issue. This depression and mental illness that so many people struggle with. And maybe you haven't labeled yourself this yet. Maybe you haven't put that label on you. And I like labels and I don't like labels, but what I like labels for is you can identify what you're going through based on symptoms, and then you can research and you can figure out how to get out of it. So before I was diagnosed with autoimmune diseases, I didn't know what was going on with me. I thought I was dying. I felt like I was crazy. I was like, do I need to go on TLC's mystery diagnosis? Like what is going on? Once I was diagnosed, I was like, okay, I can now like talk to other people that are, that are diagnosed with this. And I can see what works for them. And I can see what supplements are best for this. And I can talk to the right doctor and I can read the right books. And it's good to have a label because it gives you a starting spot. It says, this is what you're going through and this is what you need to move on. It's the exact same thing that when I had depression and now I can see that I was depressed from a super young age. I struggled with depression when I was younger and there are three main things that we're going to talk about today on the call that are going to help improve your mind, body, and spirit. Those are the three areas we're going to be talking about in order to bring you out of the valley and allow you to see things for what they are. Because when you're down in the valley, you're in an emotional state where you can't see or hear correctly. It's like somebody blindfolded you and put earphones on you and spun you in circles in the middle of a forest and then said, okay, go ahead and find your way. You feel so out of it. You can't think clearly. You either make bigger 
sense out of nothing or you make nothing out of something big. You'll either have all these big things that you need to do and you're like, forget it all. I don't care. And just isolate yourself and you're avoiding and you're procrastinating and you're not showing up for the things you need to show up for, like your family. Um, a lot of times what we do too, is we, we shut out our family. We shut out the help. We shut out the people that are giving us advice. And the biggest way that you can know that you're in the Valley is because you have an excuse for every single thing someone says to you. That's how, you know, because number one, and I have some podcasts out there. If you go back to my channel and you go and look back at some episodes, we have getting out step one, step two, and then there's two for part three. So part one and part two of getting out step three. And you can go back and listen. I think step one is like somewhere in the thirties. Um, and then forties is the step two and three. And if you really want to dig in deep to this and you're like, okay, I'm, I seriously need to get out. I seriously need help. I need to start doing things the right way. I want you to go back and I want you to look for those and listen to them because it really is going to help you so much. They each are over an hour long. And so it's going to be way more information than what I can talk about today. But the point of doing this call today is to kind of have all of these tips and ideas in one spot. Um, and step one is episode 34. I just found it. It's called admit. Because the first thing you need to do with getting out of the valley, step one is admitting that you have a problem. And you can't admit that you have a problem until you realize that you have a problem. And we're so clouded because we're in this emotion and emotions cloud your judgment. So think if you're in an emotional state of rage and anger, maybe you're mad at your husband or your kids or a coworker, or you're just something sets you off and you are so mad. You can't even control your anger. You cannot, it is impossible to shift your emotional state to joy and contentment, but you cannot go from rage. I'm going to throw this plate across the wall. I'm going to scream and freak out to, okay, you know what? I'm just going to experience joy. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be relaxed. You cannot go from one to the other. You will know in your mind, like I shouldn't be so angry right now calm down. You need to breathe. Don't throw the plate. Don't yell. Don't hit. Don't do like, you can tell yourself, like, I need to calm down. I need a timeout. Why am I feeling like this? Okay. Take a deep breath, but you cannot change it yourself. And when you're in the Valley and you're in this emotional state, that is why you can't hear or see things the way that you need to. And honestly, the reason why so many people stay in the Valley is because they never admit that that's where they are. And they just keep thinking like, I got it together. And I, I see this in men more than women. And it's because men have a harder time and not all, obviously I'm generalizing, but most men, and, and I've talked to a lot of men and they will agree that most men have a harder time letting down their pride, letting down their walls saying, I need help because you've been programmed since you were a child to be a man. 
Step up and be a man. Stop crying. You're a man. Wipe your tears off. You're a man. Toughen up. We, we as a society have programmed our men to do this. We even do it to our boys. Like, get up. Stop crying. You're fine. But if a girl gets hurt, it's like, come here, baby. Are you okay? Let me help you. And it's wrong. And it's not unmanly to cry and to feel like you're broken and to admit that you need help. And so I typically only coach women, but if you are hearing this and you're a man, then I want you to know that you don't have to hold it together. And everyone who's listening to this right now, you have an opportunity to send this message to someone who needs help. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, my cousin needs to listen to this. My best friend needs to listen to this. My son needs to listen to this. Whoever needs to listen to this, I want you to send them this message and tell them, just listen. Just listen with an open mind. Maybe this can be your next help because we're called to help each other. And the title of this podcast episode is called Raise the Tide because you need to get better so that it raises the tide of everyone else around you. If you're in the harbor and the boats are really low, the only way to lift up the boats back to the dock is by raising the tide. It's to pump in more water. It's to bring in more water into the harbor so everyone gets lifted together. And you have a responsibility because you have been strategically placed on purpose around the people that you are around in your church, in your school, at your job, in your home, your birth order, your city. Everything was on purpose and you don't realize how much influence you have over the people around you. So you need to get better because it's not just about you. It's about all of them. And we tend to focus everything on ourselves and it's not about us. And God's been telling me that almost daily, like, uh, Taryn, it's not about you. It's not about you. Stop making it about you. It's not about you. And I'm a selfish person. I think we all are very selfish in our own ways of always thinking about us and what we want. And it even dawned on me last week, I didn't want to go to this Wednesday night church service that we had. I just wasn't feeling good. I was tired. And I'm like, it's always so cold in there. And I just, I don't know. I don't feel like being social. And I just, I just didn't want to go. And I ended up going. And God showed me while I was there that if I wouldn't have went, all four of my kids wouldn't have went. My husband wouldn't have went. My best friend, Catherine, wouldn't have went. Her three kids wouldn't have went. Nine people went to church on Wednesday because I decided to go to church on Wednesday. It's not about me. It's about all of them. So you might be in a place right now where mentally you're okay. You're like, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the valley right now. I'm not experiencing this desperation, this misery, this isolation, loneliness. I'm not there, but someone in your close circle is there. And if you don't know anyone in your close circle that is experiencing this, then I challenge you to expand your circle and to get deeper with your relationships and connect on a more soulful level. Because I know more people that are in the valley than I know who aren't in the valley. 
In fact, when I meet someone and then I become friends with them and I find out that they're actually like whole, healthy and good to go, like it is a miracle. I'm like, there is no way like, okay, let's find out a little bit more about you because the majority of people in this world are just trying to fit in and struggle with living in the world. And they're trying to do everything to feel better that the world says to do, but we're not from the world. We're not of the world. We're aliens here on this planet. We're not from here. And we're not called to do anything that the world says to do. Like when you're stressed out and you're depressed and you're irritated and you're angry and you're bitter and you're just pissed off, what do you do? Like put yourself back in this place when you're feeling like I can't do this anymore. You're snapping on your kids. You're irritated with your husband. You're irritated with your wife, whatever you're doing. What are you doing? You're probably drinking. You're smoking. You're going out. You're spending money. You're overeating. You're cheating or doing something in that nature. You're doing all the things that the world says to go do, like go blow off some steam, go have a drink. You need to chill out and start listening to the message that's being programmed in your mind all the time. You go to Target, there's an entire section at Target that is designed for drinking apparel and drinking stuff like mama needs a drink. There's cards, there's cups, there's koozies, there's shirts, there's towels, there's signs, there's everything you can think of. That's like, relax and have a margarita, have another one. Good moms drink tequila. Like all of these things literally are right in front of us at Target where we can buy them because it's the message of, if you want to feel better, have a drink. If you want to feel better, go smoke a little. If you want to feel better, go do all of these things that aren't wholesome and aren't going to help you, but it's what the world says to do. We're not from the world. That's not going to work. And I'll tell you right now, I know that it's not going to work and you know that it's not going to work because you've been trying to do this and it hasn't worked for you. Like how long have you been coping and trying to do things your own way or the world's way and it hasn't worked for you? Like, like think about that. Like I've been trying to do things my own way for 32 years and it never worked for me. So it's not working for you. The first thing that you need to change is yourself. You need to start with you because a lot of people then start to get bogged down with, well, I have a husband and I have kids or I have a wife and I have a job and I have, you have all of these things that you think about, but you need to get your mind under control by starting to think about yourself first. So number one is your mind and your mind has experienced trauma, abuse, on top of mental illness. So whatever happened to you in your life, you have become what is what you've experienced. And my therapist said it the best way ever, made me feel so uncrazy, <laughs> made me feel so sane when she said this. You are exactly how you should be by experiencing what you've experienced. Who you've become, the coping mechanisms you have, the triggers you have, how you think, how you act, how you deal with things is what you've seen your entire life. So how was your dad with you? How was your mom with you? Did you have a dad and mom? How were, how was their relationship together? How did they talk about finances? How did they talk about feelings? 
How did they talk about mental health? What kind of things did they cope with? Everything that you've been through, you might think, well, I didn't experience any trauma or abuse growing up, which isn't the norm. Most people do. But if you can't pinpoint any kind of trauma or abuse, there are still things that happened to you that were traumatic and were abusive that you don't realize were traumatic or abusive to you. But the way that you perceive the world when you were younger and growing up is why you are the way you are now. So in order to really change that, you're going to need to get some help. Now, I am a huge advocate for therapy because I wasn't for so long and I felt like therapy was a bad word. And when I started going to therapy, I didn't even tell my family that that's what I was doing. I would tell my kids like, I'm going to an appointment. They're like, what kind of appointment? I'm like, it's just like a doctor's appointment for what? Are you sick? I'm like, and it's just, don't worry about it. I'll be back in an hour and a half. And I didn't even want to tell them because I felt like it was like dirty and I was weak. And when I told them eventually that I was seeing a therapist, they were like, why are you seeing a therapist? What's wrong with you? And I realized in that moment by me not talking about it for so long, it was actually grooming my kids to think the same thing that I felt that therapy is bad and it's weak. It's just like if a man is crying, like grow up stop being a baby, wipe your tears. You're a man, start acting like it. The only way that we can change this cycle of how our generations think is by telling them this isn't how we should think anymore. So telling your kids now at this age, because remember, like I said, you're going to raise the tide. So as you get better, everyone else around you in your house is going to get better. Especially, especially, Especially if you have someone in your house that you need to get better, like your focus is like, I need this person to change. That was my focus as I was looking at my husband and thinking, I need this man to change. I need him to understand what I'm going through. I need him to be kinder to me. I need him to let down his pride. I need my kids to change. I need them to do the right thing. I need them to stop lying, stop fighting. I need them to do better. The only way that I did that was by me getting better, me getting better and stronger in my mind, body, and spirit, and the entire tide of my house raised. If you want to change someone in your house, it starts with you because they're not the problem. You're the problem. Unless you're experiencing abuse, that is different. I don't want you to at all think that, okay, well, I'm the problem because you're not. And if you're in an abusive relationship, part of the abuse is getting you to think that you are the problem and you are the trigger and you're the one causing this. This is not about abuse. Abuse is a side of this. And if you're dealing with abuse and you're struggling with this, then I want you to directly message me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi, and I will give you my resources and my tools that I've gathered over the years to help people that are in abusive relationships, but we're not talking about abuse. We're talking about everything else. So if your husband is short tempered or your wife is short tempered, or you feel like there's a divide in your house, like they don't love you or they don't respect you, or you're not connected or there's no communication, or I'm telling you, even though you think that the problem is them, And the problem really is probably them. Like they are the ones that need to change by you changing your mind, body, and spirit, getting closer to God, raising the tide in your house. 
it's impossible for the other boats not to rise with you. You will be changing your perspective. You will get your own triggers under control. You will get your own emotions under control. You will be stronger in your walk with God and who you were created to be. And it will drastically affect the rest of your house. 1000%. I have seen this over and over and over and over again. And my husband and I run the marriage ministry at our church. And it's one of the first things we tell couples that enter our class is that you might think the problem in your marriage is the other person. It's actually you. And when you change your perspective and your energy and the way you are and the way you talk and what ticks you off, it will actually change the other person. And it's amazing when you watch this happen. So if you're someone who's feeling like, well, I'm really not like in this deep valley that you're talking about, but you can still work on your mind, body, and spirit, and it will elevate everyone else in your house around you. So going to therapy is an amazing thing to do. I highly recommend seeing a Christian therapist because you want them to align their teachings with God. I was going for a walk with one of my friends the other day, and she said she's seen this therapist forever. And she's like, I don't know, you know, I've seen her forever and I don't really feel like anything's changing. So right there, if you have seen a therapist and it hasn't worked for you and and you don't feel really good about that, change who you're talking to. She also said that she wasn't seeing a therapist or, or a Christian therapist. And so her advice to her, she's a single woman and she was talking about how lonely she is and how she just wants a man in her life and she wants a husband and she wants to be intimate and she wants that connection and she was like girl you are a grown woman like you go get you some like go do a hookup go on tinder go just you know get it out there and that is not the advice that you that is worldly advice that is not godly advice that is going to actually help get you out of this valley because once you go and you're with someone and you're not married to them and you go sleep with someone, you're going to feel better in the moment. But when you leave that interaction, part of your soul is going to be stuck in the valley and it's going to be even harder to get up because part of you now is now dealing with the trauma of that experience. So it's important to line up your beliefs with your therapist's beliefs so that she can tell you the right things to do that are godly. So This, all of these things are only going to work if you're actually going to do these things. So if you're listening to this and you would say that you're at the lowest point in your life, or you're at a very low point in your life where you are miserable and you are depressed and you are isolated and you hate everything in your life. The only way you're going to change this is by changing it. You have to change something. So, so many people that I know that are stuck in the Valley is still stuck there because she's not doing anything about it. She's just stuck there and poor me. And here I am. And I'm stuck in all of this. And that's all she's feeling like she's never going to get out of it or anything. She's just talking about it and you have to do the thing. Step one is admit that I talk about in episode 34. Step two is belief. It's in episode 41, where you believe, you have to believe that you're gonna get better. You have to admit that you're not well. You have to believe 
what God says and believe that you're going to get better in step three, which is in episode 48 and 50 is trust and trust is actually a verb. It's an action step. In order to trust someone, you have to move forward in that relationship. You have to trust of what they're saying is going to actually happen. You have to trust in it. So it's an action. It's moving forward. Like, okay, I I admit that I'm not in a good place and I'm not well. I believe that I can be well because God says that I can, and I'm going to trust and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to start doing the things that I need to do to get better. Because God is not just a genie in a bottle that you're going to say, okay, God, heal me of my depression. And one morning you're going to wake up and everything's going to be amazing. Can he do that? Of course he can do that. Is that the norm? No, it's not the norm. And it's just like I said this analogy before. It's like laying in your bed with your phone off, watching Netflix, cursing God that he's not giving you your dream job. Well, How is he supposed to give you your dream job? The recruiter's not going to come knock on your bedroom door and say, hey, are you looking for a job? And this is the job we have. Like you have to do some work. You have to put in some effort. And this is what I tell people all the time is you have to fight. You have to fight to feel better. You're fighting against the devil. You're fighting against the dark forces, the dark spirits, the enemy. That's who you're fighting. And the reason why it's so hard is because you're fighting a battle that's way bigger than you can ever win. And that's why you have to be linked with God so that he can fight the battle for you. And you have to realize that the scriptures are true and you have to meditate on this stuff because you, you just can't fight it alone. It's like you walking up to an army of 10,000 soldiers that are all equipped and have armor and they're fully loaded and they're ready to go. And you're standing there with one bow and arrow in a dress. Like you're not going to win this battle. That's exactly what's happening because God created you to be something incredible. And I said, incredible. He created you to be something amazing. He has an assignment for you. He has a mission for you. He needs you. He needs your mind to be in the right place. He needs your body to be in the right condition. He needs your spirit to be in the right position. He needs these things because he has a job for you. Like use me as an example. So the devil had me buried and held down in chains in the deepest, darkest, valley of depression. I was journaling about wanting to end my life. I was miserable in my life. All I did was cry, isolate, cope, self-medicate. I did whatever I could to just feel better in the moment and get to the next day. I lived for naps. I lived for alcohol. I lived for weed. I lived for anything that would numb the pain and would get me out of my mind because all I was focusing on was surviving the day so I could get to the next day and survive. And then I got to a point where I didn't want to survive anymore. And I thought, why even be alive? Why do I even want to be here? I'm not a good role model for my kids. I'm not treating my husband like I should. I'm not doing anything. I feel miserable. I feel empty. I feel just awful. Why even live anymore? So if I would have ended my life right then and there, the devil would have won because not only did he take me out of the game, but now he created even more 
trauma and pain and hurt because now my kids watched me go through that and now they're left without a mom. My husband watched me go through that and now is left without a wife. And everyone that I would have impacted in my life after that point would not be impacted. So if God has a really big plan for your life, which he does, the devil is trying to take you out in any way that he can, because he doesn't want you to get into the ear of someone else and help them heal from their pain. He doesn't want you encouraging someone else. He doesn't want you showing the joy of the Lord. He doesn't want you giving good godly information out to people because he doesn't want you on that side. He wants to take you out. He's not going to wait for you to run back to the village and grab your army of 10,000 and go back to the line and then fight. He wants to take you out right now when you're by yourself. He doesn't want you to sound the alarm. So since I've recovered from depression and I'm at this place now, I have been able to impact thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives since I've gotten out of depression, reaching people on Instagram and sharing tips to get out of the valley, offering a course to help people find their purpose and to get out of this thinking. There's 9,000 downloads on our podcast and subscribers. Like think of just these words getting out to people wouldn't even get around. If you're someone struggling with depression right now and struggling with this feeling, you wouldn't even have heard this message because I would have ended my life. Imagine what God has in store for you. And imagine how important you are that there's two people fighting for your life. Like think about that. Think of what a threat you are to the devil because the devil is like, oh gosh, we got to, we got to get her out. We got to get Becca out of the game. We got, we got to do something. We need to shut her up real quick because she is going to be a disaster for our mission of getting people of the world. The devil is trying to just pull people down. And if you don't believe in the devil, well, the devil believes in you. And so all you're doing by saying, oh, I don't believe in that is you're just not admitting and you're being oblivious to what's going on around you. So therapy, um, journaling, journaling is a huge one. And everyone is so like stressed about journaling and like, we're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like to write. I'm not good at that. I don't even know what to do. This is all journaling is for. Okay. A journal means that you have a notebook that is dedicated to only writing down your own thoughts. That's it. You're not writing like grocery lists in there. You're not taking sermon notes in there. You're writing down your own thoughts and what's going through your mind. And the reason why is because as your emotions change from day to day, you will forget how you felt in the other emotional state. So when you're raging and angry and mad, you're not going to remember even the things that you said to the people you loved because you don't even realize it. It's not even you. You're just blurting it out. So if you can write how you feel when you're in that state of depression, like when I grabbed my notebook and started writing, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be here. I hate my life. Why is this so hard, God? Why aren't you helping me? Why do I feel so terrible? Everyone says I should feel amazing. I have everything I've ever wanted and I feel dark and I feel empty and I feel miserable. When I was writing all of that down, a few days later, when I started to experience a little bit better, because the valley is like a roller coaster, 
you may always be below ground level, but you're still going like up and down. So you probably aren't experiencing the lowest of lowest of lowest of low emotions every day, all day, consecutively for weeks, months, years. It's like you have a bad day or a bad two days, and then you get out a little bit and then it goes bad again. And then you get out a little bit. And where I see people make the biggest mistake is because you're not the lowest of lowest of low that day and you get out of it a little bit, you're like, okay, things are, things are fine. I'm not like that anymore. I'm it's fine. Like that was yesterday. I'm feeling a little bit better. And you try to convince yourself that you're well, but you're not, you're better than you were yesterday, but on the scale of where you should be, you should be at a 10 and you're still at a two. It's just like when people fight, think of the last fight you had with your spouse and you might've thrown around like the idea of, you know what? I just can't do this anymore with you. I don't want to be with you. Maybe we should get divorced. People throw that word around way too often. We should just end it. We should just get divorced. You know, this isn't even worth it. What are we doing? I can't be around you. I just can't do this. And you're ready to call it quits. And then, and then you're like, okay, maybe, maybe we should see a therapist. Maybe we should get some help. Maybe we should work on things, but then things start to get a little bit better because you're not going to stay at each other's throats for weeks and months and years. So the fight kind of blows over your emotion changes. You're not as angry and bitter and raged as you were before. And you're like, okay, yeah, things are getting a little bit better. And all of a sudden this idea of let's see a therapist, let's get some professional help is out the window because we're, we're better. That was the other day. Well, you're not actually better. You're now a two instead of a one or a zero. And you're like, it's fine. It's not fine. That's when you need to get the help. And if you were journaling and you were writing how you really feel in every moment, when you think about it, you'll be able to go back and look and think, whoa, that is not okay. I was way more messed up than I thought I even was. And I know it because I do it all the time. And I don't write in my journal every day. There's times where I go through phases where I write in it every couple of days. And then there's phases where I write in it once a month or once every three months. I just try to write in it as much as I can to write where I am at mentally. What's going on in my life? How do I feel? And journaling is so healing because you can see your own words on paper. I've also written myself a couple of letters when I was in a really, really, really good state of mind. I wrote letters to my Valley self, like, Hey, keep your head up. I know you feel like this is the end. I know you feel like you want to end it all. And there's no good that can come out of this, but I promise you there is, it's just your mind playing tricks on you. Take a nap. And this leads me to my next thing is you need to make yourself a joy list. Put it on your fridge, put it in your phone, put it in a journal if you want to, a list of things that you can choose to do that will bring you joy, things that will make you feel good. And now you can take guilt completely out of this because nothing should be filled with guilt. You're in survival mode. It's do or die. You're making a joy list. And when you're in this moment, you can choose any of the things on the joy list that you feel like doing with zero guilt. And you're not allowed to put things on the joy list that are going to bring you down later in life. So alcohol is not on the joy list. Smoking weed is not on the joy list. Going out with your girlfriends and going shopping is not on the joy list. 
it's things that are going to bring you joy. And this might be easy or hard for you to make this list, but some examples of things that have been on my list was take a nap. The biggest thing, shut your brain off. If you can't get it to stop telling you bad things and tricking you and deceiving you and just totally pulling you down, turn it off. The biggest thing on my thing was take a nap, go get your nails done, go get a massage, go for a walk, go to the gym, phone a good friend who's going to make me feel encouraged and supportive, um, journal, take a bath, meditate. Meditating is just sitting in total quietness. I like to do it outside because the noise of outside kind of helps me to not get too distracted. Just be quiet and just shut your mind off. Um, even on there was watching shows on Netflix, like good shows. Things that are going to help you. I like watching documentaries and things that pull me out of my own mind. That's what you have to do. You just have to get your mind to shut off so your emotion goes away. Um, and you need to be present in your thinking. So your mind will try to make you think of the future. Like, what am I going to do about this job? And we're struggling with our bills. And now my wife might leave me and oh my gosh, what are my kids going to do? Because they're hanging out with the wrong people and they're gonna, I'm going to mess them up for good because they're going to see their parents struggling like this. And your mind just like races on the future or it races on the past. I can't believe I did that. And I messed up so bad. And if this would have been different and if I didn't get abused and if this would have been healing for me and if I had a better upbringing and if I was born to a different family, your mind when you're in this state is going to try to pull you to one side or the other. If it's in the past, it's the devil because God says you're forgiven and I will cast your sin and your past as far as from the East is from the West and I won't even remember it. So if you're remembering it. It's the devil trying to get in your head to be like, yeah, you suck. You're bad. You're never going to amount to anything. Yeah. You should have had better parents. Yeah. You shouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that sin in your head because that's what keeps you in the Valley. Because remember the only thing that's keeping you in the Valley is your mind. You don't actually have a metal shackle to your ankle right now. That's connecting you to somewhere else. You are free to move around and walk around as you please. The only thing that the devil has to keep you in this dark cell is by him telling you these things. That's it. That's all he has. Because once you look down and you realize there's no shackle and you realize the door isn't actually locked, that you can walk out, it's all in your mind. It's like, have you guys ever heard that story of the man that was in, he climbed into a train. It was like a big, huge freight train. And he climbed into this refrigerated train and he didn't, there was all, he climbed in there and the door shut behind him and it locked behind him. And it was this freezer. It was all these frozen meats and all these frozen things. And he got trapped in there and he ended up dying. And when they found him, all of this stuff had thought out. The freezer wasn't even on. It wasn't even working. But because he kept thinking, I'm in a freezer, I'm dying. I'm in a freezer. I'm going to freeze to death. I'm so cold. His mind actually killed him and froze him to death because that's what he thought was his reality. Your mind is so strong and can play so many tricks on you. And the devil just has it right in his hands. So get your mind to present thinking. What is happening today? What do I need to worry about today? And just shut it off. 
Take a nap if you have to. The second thing is your body, okay? Now, there's three parts to your health, your mind, your body, and your spirit. Your body is the temple that houses everything that you're going through. If you're not taking care of your temple, it's going to cause you to feel some depression. Depression is clinical, okay? You can look and see somebody's blood work, someone's brain waves, and you can tell if they're depressed or not. Depression isn't all just in your mind. And if you think that, then that's not true. And you need to realize that it's not. And until I got my body under control with my mind, I wasn't healed of depression because there were major, major things that were happening in my body that I was ignoring and I wasn't getting the help that I needed. Okay, just like I said, you can't just lay in your bed and pray that God brings you your dream job. You have to do something about it. So if you're just crying out saying, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, there's something wrong, but you don't actually do anything to help you, you're not going to get better. So the biggest thing with depression is your food. Now, don't think of anything that I'm about to say from a diet perspective, or I need to lose weight or anything around appearance. I want you just to truly think of your food as nourishment or as destroying your body. Everything you eat is either causing cancer or it's fighting against it. Everything that you do is causing disease or fighting against it. If you're eating processed food, now I eat processed food. Okay, I had a frozen pizza yesterday. This isn't like I'm so amazing and holy and awesome when it comes to nutrition. I want you to know I feel you, okay? I love Dairy Queen. I love chips. I love cookies, okay? I love all of this stuff. But when I only eat those things and my body is only being made up of processed foods, I notice a night and day difference with how I feel mentally. You do too. If you eat like garbage, you wake up the next day, you kind of feel like you have a hangover, your body's achy, you have kind of like a lingering headache, you feel super thirsty, you're really tired, you're just run down. If you eat healthy foods, I don't, I don't even want you to cut out processed food and sugar and garbage. All I want you to do is add in whole healthy food, like food that's going to go bad if you don't eat it in a couple of days, vegetables, fruits, think of, and someone told me this one time and it's so true. When you grocery shop, it's all the stuff on the outside walls of the store. That's what you should be trying to eat as much as you can. All the stuff in between all the aisles is all the processed stuff that doesn't need to be refrigerated and isn't fresh produce. Think of all the outside aisles. Don't say, okay, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not. Just add in stuff in your diet. Add in a sandwich. Add in a salad. Add in some yogurt. Add in some cheese. Like try to add in some stuff that's going to give your body what it needs. The other side of this is supplements. So I cannot possibly eat everything I need to, to give my body what it needs. You might be able to, the majority of people cannot. The amount of whole foods that you need to give your body everything it needs is like insane. Like all you would be doing is just eating all this kind of stuff. And most of us don't even like the stuff that we need to eat to give our bodies what it needs. Like greens, you probably don't even eat one fifth of what you should be eating in greens a day. So they make a supplement of greens that you can add to water and drink it. And it gives your body 
The same effect is if you were to be eating cabbage and kale and spinach and all of these things. So supplements now, I don't rep I don't represent any supplement company or anything like that right now. I don't have a code. I don't anything. I'm just telling you for my own personal love. I buy all of my supplements from Dr. Mercola. It's just Mercola.com, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. My mom cured herself from cancer naturally, and she is a supplement fanatic. And she's done all her research and this is where she buys all of her stuff. And this is where I buy my family stuff. And it is so cheap, like so cheap, especially if you've been buying stuff uh, and you feel like it's so expensive, like it, his stuff is so good priced. It's amazing. If you need to get some stuff, the multi, the vitamins that I, and the supplements that I recommend every single person should be taking, obviously I'm not a doctor, so go get your blood drawn and see what you need or consult with the doctor. But I take a multivitamin. I take greens. I take a probiotic. I take krill oil, which is all the healthy fats that your brain needs. And I take vitamin C, D, and B12. And those, I actually, they're in spray form. Um, and they're like, I don't know, 15 bucks, $13 for a whole thing that lasts you a month. And I give my kids most of this stuff too. So if you cannot eat what you should get yourself some supplements, don't tell me you can't afford it because you can afford alcohol on the weekends and you can afford cigarettes and you can afford junk food and you can afford all these things. The quote in my email signature has always been on my personal email for the last like 10 years. You have, you can you can pay for your health now, or you'll be forced to pay for it later. And it's something I had to learn the hard way that I never had money to take care of myself. I didn't have money for the good food. I didn't have money for the supplements, but I had money for everything else. I had money for purses and clothes and shoes and all the stuff. And then I had to be forced to pay doctor bills, hospital bills, everything, everything. And the last thing that I want to say about your body is I want to talk about meds. So I am a big, huge advocate for natural healing. Like I said, my mom cured herself of cancer naturally. My whole family eats mostly organic. We try to cut out dyes. We try to do as much as we can. But I am not against medicine. There are things that have been created for us that are there to help us literally live. There could be something chemically wrong in your brain. Why are you choosing to suffer because you feel like it's weak to get on a medication because it's just how you think. I'm not telling you to run out and go get a prescription for Prozac and just medicate yourself, but I'm telling you that when you do everything else and it's not working and you still feel off, you might need some help. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing shameful in that. You shouldn't feel weak or less than because you have to take something or you're doing something. So I just wanted to throw that in there to say, if you need to call a doctor, seek out a natural path, um, go talk to a chiropractor about it. Some adjustments can help with depression and they can give you a lot of um, helpful insight too. The third thing is your spirit. So once your mind and body are taken care of, you need to take care of your spirit. 
this is actually the biggest thing that people neglect. The number one thing that people neglect is their spirit. Because I don't know if they don't think that it's real or they don't understand it, but your spirit is what makes you feel everything. So if your emotions are based on feelings, don't you think that in order to get your emotions under control, you need to pay attention to the things that are making you feel certain things? Your spirit is so important. And the Bible says what we hear and see really makes a huge difference. Um, there's a scripture that says in Matthew 6, 22 about your eyes, it says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And they mean by healthy and bad about what are you seeing? What are you putting into your eyes? It's the lamp of the body. It's everything that's being taken in right there in your brain, all the images in your mind. And there's studies that show that what you watch drastically affects your mental health. So if you're watching nothing but garbage, like garbage TV, and you're at the strip club, and you're at the regular club, and you're watching people party and drink, and you're in this scene of unwholesomeness and darkness, don't expect your spirit to feel great because what you're feeding it is not great. What you're feeding it is darkness. And I just feel really led to say this, that pornography is one of the biggest things that is going to kill your light and kill that lamp into your soul. It is the biggest trick of the enemy and the devil trying to get you to cope and to think that this is fine and I'm not cheating and it's okay. And there's so much about pornography that ruins so many things in life. There's been studies that have shown brains actually changing the way they're wired and the grooves in the brains change based on someone who watches pornography and someone who doesn't. It is a huge thing. If this is what you're looking at, this is ruining your spirit. It is ruining your life. It's ruining your mental health. And it could be why you're feeling so poor. It is, it is a huge thing of what you see and what you hear. Now you're hearing too, 2 Timothy 3 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Scripture is what you're hearing. So one of the tips I tell people that are in the valley and that are in a really deep place is to write down scriptures, put them around your house and read them out loud. Because what's happening is you're now reading it. So it's registering in your brain. You're speaking it out loud and now you're hearing it. So it's more effective than just scrolling on social media or Googling some scriptures and just reading them in your head, you need to have them there in front of you. Now, I created two highlights that are on my Instagram at Taryn Sarconi, two of them. And they're going to help you when it comes to knowing scriptures, because there are a ton of scriptures that are about depression and that are about your identity and are about who you really are in Christ. 
Uh, there's so many. And so you can look at them up yourself. If you're someone who wants to study this, you're someone who wants to put some time into this, because sometimes that really helps if you're like a natural school person that's like, oh, I'm interested in this and you want to do this. Just go on Google and type in, um, what does the Bible say about depression? And just start reading the scriptures and start reading and write down any of them that really speak to your soul and just write them down. Now I have done this in my own, in my own way on the two highlights. One of them is called promises and the other one is called defeated darkness. And the only thing that I have on those two highlights, you can just go through them. You can even screenshot them and you can create your own album in your phone so that you can just easily access them and pull them up if you need to see them. But when you're in this dark place, you need to pull up these scriptures and you need to be reading them. You need to be reading them out loud because these are what the promises of God are to you. And these are the scriptures that say that God already defeated the darkness. If you're battling against the darkness, this is how you do it. The Bible says that scripture is like a double-edged sword. And it's true because you're hearing what it is. You need to hear the scriptures. So hearing is a huge thing. So be careful what you hear. What are you listening to? What is the music in your car on? What, what is like, when you think about it, like, what am I listening to in the car? What am I listening to on my shows? Where am I at where I'm putting different noises into my, into my mind? You know, thinking about that, where you are, because it's what you hear, it's what you see. And it's also your devotional time will improve your spirit. Because what you're doing during your devotional time is you're learning about God. You're learning about who God is. It, that's how you learn who someone is, right? If you want to get to know someone, like if you wanted to get to know me, you would spend time with me. Oh, I really want to get to know Taryn. Okay, we would go out for coffee. We would talk on the phone. We would get our kids together. We would, we would connect. We would spend time so that we could learn who each other are. And then over time, you would be like, oh, that doesn't sound like something Taryn would do. I don't think Taryn would do that. I know her character. I don't think she would do that. Or yeah, that sounds like something she would say. That sounds like something she would do because you get to know me over time. So you have to improve your spirit by spending time with the creator of your spirit by spending time in devotions, because when you're doing this, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is molding you to become more like Christ and to experience his fruits, which he says, the more that you spend time with me, you will have the fruits of the spirit. So instead of having depression of your spirit and feeling down and depressed and miserable and isolated and all of these feelings, you will start to experience the fruits of the, the spirit. I can tell you this to be true from my own experience. Anyone who has struggled with depression and came out of it with God will also tell you that this is totally true. And the fruits of the spirit that God mentions in the Bible are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So if you're experiencing depression and you're in the valley right now, you probably don't feel very loving or lovable. You also don't feel much joy and you can't stand any joy around you. You're, it's irritating to you that these people are so happy that there's so much joy because you're bitter and you're angry and you're the opposite of joy. You're not very peaceful. In fact, you're the opposite. 
you're, you're worried and you're stressed and your mind is just like racing and running with what if this happens and what if this happens and what happens if this happens? And that, that is the opposite of peace. You're in turmoil. You don't have patience. You're in a hurry. You're like, let's go. Let's go. You're impatient. You're the opposite of this. You're not very kind. And you're probably not very kind to your family. You probably say things that you shouldn't say. You act ways you shouldn't act. You're hurting them. You're being mean. You're being angry. You're not gentle. You don't have a lot of faith and you have no self-control because you're doing all the things to try to feel better that the world says to do that God says, don't do those things. So if you want to change your spirit, which is what you need to change the most, you do that by spending time with God. And while you're spending time with God, you might not feel like in the moment that it's working, but it's one of his promises. Over time, it will start to work. You will start to feel different. And you know that God is changing you because all of a sudden you feel different when it wasn't your choice to feel different. You didn't try to feel different. You just do feel different. You didn't try to have joy that day. You just had joy that day. You didn't try to answer your wife in a respectful, gentle tone with love. You just did. And that's when God gets the glory because it's not you, it's God working in you. God wants the glory. He doesn't want you to get the glory. That's why no matter how hard you try to do something, it doesn't work. It's never going to work. But the last thing that I want to say, I have a couple scriptures that I want to tell you. And then I want to say something about marriage. So the promises God has, I just want you to know that if you are experiencing depression, God promises to bring you out of it. The creator of the entire universe, the creator of you and everything in it promises to show up in Psalm 34. He says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If that's you, that's the best news ever. He also says in Isaiah 41, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hands. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, we've all heard this one for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope that doesn't include depression. He wants to give you a future and a hope. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths in Proverbs 3. And Psalm 23 is my favorite. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. He has never left you. If you feel like he has left you and you feel like he's not answering you and you feel like, where are you? You're supposed to be here. You can be mad at God. He can take it. You can be like, what the heck? Thanks a lot. You're not showing up. I'm mad at you. How dare you? You can be mad at God. He will take that from you. But just know that he never left you. You left him. You let go of his hand. You stopped following him. What does it take to follow someone? If you're following someone, you have to stay close. You have to keep your eyes on them. You have to have them by the hand. If you're running through a crowd, you have to stay close to not get separated. 
If you're running through this crowded world, the only way to stay close to God is by following him so closely that you don't ever lose him. You have him by the hand. You're watching him at all times. You're listening for his voice. You're following him. If you stop listening, if you stop seeing, if you stop holding, what the heck did you think was going to happen? You're not taking care of your body. You're not taking care of your mind. You're not taking care of your spirit. And then you have the audacity to curse God and say, where have you been? We're the ones that walk away. We're the ones that walk away. And then we say, God, where are you? God, please help me, help me. We serve such an amazing God that he says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Even though you strayed away, even though you're cursing God, even though you're mad at him, when you fall to your knees and say, Lord, help me, he's right there to hold you up. Every time. The last thing I want to say about marriage is... If you have made vows to someone in your life, they sounded something like, I, Taryn, take you, John, for my lawful husband to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health until the day that the death do us part. I will love and honor you with all the days of my life. If there is someone you are married to that is experiencing the valley right now, you need to raise the tide for them. You took an oath and you vowed that you would be with them in sickness and in health. Being in the valley is a sickness. You vowed that you would be with them for better or for worse. And this is worse. You need to rise up and help this person out of the valley. Do not take what's happening to you personal. My husband will tell you, and I, I wanted him to really speak on this because he was my punching bag. He was the person that was like, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do with you, but you need, you need help. You need to figure your crap out because I can't do this anymore. It's not easy helping someone out of the valley and pulling them out. But as their husband or as their wife, it's up to you to do this. Don't leave them hanging. Don't take what they have personal. Don't think of your marriage because you cannot have a healthy marriage until you have two healthy whole people. And if someone is unhealthy and broken, the marriage will not be sustained and healthy and whole. And it has nothing to do with the marriage. It has to do with mind, body, and spirit. So send this message to someone who needs it. Send this message to someone who needs to send it to someone else. Pray about who you should send this message to and then send them the recording and say, listen, I just felt it on my heart to send this to you. Maybe you're someone experiencing this valley or maybe you know someone, but let's just get the word out there because I prayed this morning before we did this podcast that God would deliver this message to the people that need to hear it because it's time to wake up. It's time to rise up. My favorite scripture is Mark 524. Jesus goes to a woman and says, Talitha Kum, she's dead. And he says the phrase Talitha Kum, which is original Aramaic Hebrew. And Talitha Kum means little girl, get up, rise. And he says Talitha Kum to her and touches her. 
and she immediately comes back from the dead. This is my Talitha Kum message to you, whether you're a girl or you're a boy, but this is it. Wake up, rise. You have a life ahead of you. You have a family that needs you. You have generations that are going to be impacted by you. You have coworkers that are going to be impacted by you. You have schools that are going to be impacted by you. The devil wants to take you down, but God created you for something amazing. And he promises to deliver you out of depression. Focus on your mind, body, and spirit. And I promise you that everything will start working together for the good. It might take you some time. When I first did this, I told my husband, I need one year. Give me one year to work on myself. One year, I'm going to do it. And within a couple of months, I felt completely restored. It didn't take a year. It's actually been one year today. Today is my one year anniversary of saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm moving forward. I'm going to change. So much can happen in a year. A year will fly by whether you try to do something or not. But don't let the devil trick you and tell you that you're worthless and you're nothing and get you reaching for things of this world because you're greater than the things of this world. And the reason why nothing in this world satisfies your soul is because you weren't created for it to satisfy your soul. The only thing that can satisfy you is Jesus. It's the only thing, the money, the sex, the drugs, the everything is not going to satisfy you. It hasn't satisfied you up until this point. So why do you think something's going to change? It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting something to change. This is your message to change. Change your mind, change your body, change your spirit, re-listen to this, take notes if you are listening in your car or you want to hear it again, but I'm telling you it's time to rise up. God has a plan for you. I believe in you. I love you. I am here. And I wanted to let you know that as of last night, I opened up my schedule to start doing 30 minute discovery calls again for completely free. If you need to talk to me, if you need to pick my brain, you need advice, you have a big business idea or a dream or, or trauma you're trying to heal through, and you just want to know my encouraging words for 30 minutes for free, we can do a phone call click the link in my bio and you can click on it and you can schedule a call for me. So I only have a few that are open right now. So if you really want to do this, I would suggest not waiting. And if the calendar fills up, check back frequently. I'm going to be updating my schedule and, and opening more and more and more time slots for you guys. So I love you. I adore you. I care about you. Please, please rise up because we all need you. Thank you for being on here live. For you guys that were live, you know I need you so much and I love you. I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week, and I'll see you back here in a couple of days. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus's holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.